This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We are back. Oh my goodness. What a wonderful little break we had. It's Thanksgiving. I hope you're full. I hope your pockets are empty from all the Black Friday shopping. Shira is out, but I have a wonderful co-host with me, Char Jocelle. I know someone somewhere... I know someone somewhere just rolled their eyes. Why? You know, Char's been Char's been heavy on the channel Q lately. Well, why would you not be? <laughs> why would you not be? How was your holiday? You know, my holiday was actually really, really good. It started out a little slow, but I ended up going to a friend's house. The food was delicious. And I might have met a man. I'm not <gasps> sure. Ding, 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 ding. Everyone's been asking when the wedding is. I only say this. I say this jokingly because his mother uh-huh. shares... Of, well, I share a birthday with his mother, right. and he shares a birthday with my mother. I mean, and it's like, what are the odds? What are the odds? Because normally you'll meet someone, and it's like, oh, my mom's a Virgo, yes. and you're a Virgo too. But the exact wow. same day. His mom is January 2nd, my mom is September 11th, and so then it's us too. clearly love is in the, the, He's cute the atmosphere. Too. He is fine. I saw him on the Insta but stories. I, I really did have a really good holiday, and I got some Black Friday, some yeah. Cyber Monday. Yeah. Saw a lot of friends, and yeah, FaceTime, and... What about you? Yeah, you know, this holiday was great. To be honest, you know, my mom was in town. And if you know, you know, my, um, I was, you know, kind of worried about that. Make I wanted the holidays to feel good and special. But this holiday for me, I feel like was really about like healing in a beautiful way. Healing. Healing. Okay, at first I thought you said killing. Oh, like well, it was about killing, but it, healing. We, we killed some things too. I you saw know. you all went to the Hamilton. Yes, we went to Hamilton. We went to the aquarium. We went to the museum. If you are here in Los Angeles, please go to the LACMA Museum. They're doing a beautiful Black American portraits uh, exhibit. Um, and that then, ends in January. That ends in January. It's absolutely phenomenal. Um, and I think, you know, even me and my mom, we had some beautiful conversations. Like, I brought her to the studio when no one was here. She oh, got really? to meet Brian. She sat behind where I, you know, over here behind the board where I sit. And it was just really nice for her to kind of experience my world. And we had some difficult conversations as well, which is needed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that kind of goes in perfectly with some of the stuff that we're going to talk about on today's show. You know, the difficult conversations that you've had with yourselves. And I'm just going to add in others. Mm-hmm. Because, honey, it's necessary. And then, of of course, we're talking Omicron. Is it Omicron? It's Omicron. Omicron. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. There's a new variant in town. Um, but we got everything you need to know. But let's jump right into our What's Trending headlines. So President Biden, he speaks out about travel restrictions amid the threat from COVID's Omicron variant. Here is what he had to say in um, a press event. The very day the World Health Organization identified the new variant, 
I took immediate steps to restrict travel from countries in Southern Africa. But while we have that travel restrictions can slow the speed of Omicron, it cannot prevent it. But here's what it does. It gives us time, it gives us time to take more actions, to move quicker, to make sure people understand you have to get your vaccine. You have to get the shot. You have to get the get the booster if you're the sooner or later. We're going to see cases of this new variant here in the United States. Not our president was just mispronouncing Omicron. It's, it's Omicron. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, we're going to talk more about the travel restrictions a little bit later this hour, too. So stick around for that. Um, but right now, let's talk about the new covid vaccine mandates that are happening that are being enforced here in Los Angeles. If you find yourself in the city, be prepared to show proof of full vaccination against COVID-19 as enforcement of the Safe Pass LA ordinance is set to begin on Monday. So people who are visiting indoor restaurants, gyms, entertainment, and recreational faculties, uh, facilities, personal care establishments, and some city uh, buildings are required to show proof of full vaccination against the uh, virus. I mean, a lot of people are already kind of doing this. We did this everywhere we went. Yeah. I, you know. And when I was in New York, it was it was a thing. Yeah. And you just had to get with it. I know yeah. I need to go get my booster because with Miss Omicron out here for the holiday season. I need to carve out some time to do that this week. I have to agree. I'm getting my booster shot next week, actually. Okay. Um, so I'm getting it done. The Safe Pass LA ordinance is one of the strictest mandates of its kind in the nation and includes all individuals eligible for a COVID vaccine. So mm. I make sure you got what you need to get. But that is your uh, What's Trending Headlines. What's the T-Report? What's going on over there in the entertainment world, Char? Well, Oscar winner Matthew McConaughey just recently announced that he will not run for Texas governor after toying with the idea for running for public office for about two years now, which I did not. I had no idea that he was. I'm so shocked you missed that. He was really trying to make this a thing. And it was like, what is happening here? The thing is, he'd have potential to win because everybody, especially those Texans, love them some. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. Well, instead, McConaughey uh, said that he will support entrepreneurs, business and foundations that he believes are leaders, establishments that he believes are creating pathways for people to succeed in life and organizations that have a mission to serve and build trust while also generating prosperity. That is the American dream. That's a direct quote from McConaughey. So he's he's not doing it. He's been toying it around for two years, yeah. toying with the idea, and he just announced. And you all can check out the video on his Instagram page. What, what that really means is when he kind of first kind of put the little, you know, the, the, the noise out there about, oh, I think I'm going to do this. That's kind of like a, a, t- a polling technique to see if people are actually interested in him politically. Yeah. No one cared. And so yeah. I think this is really him being like, all right, after two years, no one really shook things up. And so I'm going to move on with my career and continue to teach and, he and did, be an actor. He did say within this time, he studied tirelessly American and Texas politics. And he learned, quote, our politics needs new purpose. Oh, God. Anyway, I don't want any more celebrities as politicians unless oh, you're doing gosh, the work. No. We're all scarred. <laughs> Even if you're doing the work. Please, I don't want you there. Please. <laughs> that is your tea report We have more coming up next hour on the hour, so make sure to stick around for that. Now, coming up, we got a lot of show to get into because despite Joe Biden mispronouncing this new variant, we're breaking down everything you need to know about the latest variant and how you can protect yourself. Don't go anywhere. We got a lot of let's go there coming up. I'm excited. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. All right, so there is a new variant among us, and it's called Omicron. How is this one different than the others? Joining us is Dr. Amesh Adalja, infectious disease MD. Thank you so much for joining us. 
Thanks for having me. Okay, so break this down because it seems like there was a lot of news that came out over the holiday week uh, and weekend. Um, how is this one different from the other variants that we've seen? Well, what it appears to be is that this variant has a lot more mutations than we've seen in some of the other variants we've grown familiar with. And the mutations that, that this variant has have been associated with some decreased activity of the vaccines, of the monoclonal antibodies, and increased transmissibility. So that's sort of what rang the alarm bells. And then we saw an increase in spread in South Africa that together led this to be a variant of concern and kind of led to what's been going on the last couple of days. But there's many more questions than there are actually answers. Yeah, it seems I was looking at travel bans and it seems like a lot of people are just lost because like you just mentioned, Ryan, a lot came out over this weekend and we're all Black Friday shopping and stuff. (laughs) So where did this variant come from and has it landed on U.S. soil yet? It probably is something that evolved in in the Southern African nations just because of the prevalence there being the highest. We haven't we hadn't seen it before that in any other places, but that's not necessarily completely the case because the rest of the world does a very bad job at at um, characterizing these new variants. So it could have arose somewhere else, but let's assume that it was in the Southern African nations. It, it looks like it may have been something that evolved over time in an immunosuppressed person and then found its way into the population. And, and we have seen cases diagnosed in several other countries, including in Belgium, where there's someone there that had no contact with anybody from South Africa. And there have been cases diagnosed in North America, in the Ontario province, in in Canada. So this is something that I would not be surprised if it's in the United States at a low level. Um, But again, this isn't any reason to panic. I think we still have to answer some fundamental questions about it before we can actually characterize what a risk it poses. Well, and that's the thing, because I think people are already vaccinated, and and especially if they just received their booster, what should they do now? Because I think everyone is going to be in protection mode. People should do what they know works against COVID-19. Get vaccinated. If you're high risk, uh, get a booster. The CDC just changed their recommendations, now recommending all adults get boosted. But but that kind of thing. And, and trying to be careful when you're in crowded and congregated places uh, where there may be increased transmission risks. So, so if you're in indoor situations, all of that's going to be really important. And what's also critical is to test, to get tested if you've got symptoms, get tested if you've been exposed so that we have a handle on the cases and they don't spread. I think we have to go back to the bread and butter things that work with COVID-19 while we wait for science to answer some of these fundamental questions about this new variant. You know, I was just sharing with Ryan off air that every time there's news of a new variant come that coming out, I literally have an emotional reaction to it because I'm still so jarred from this whole experience. What do you think the likelihood, if any, of us going back on lockdown is? And I'm just I'm not even just specifically talking about the Omicron. I'm talking about just in general, because it doesn't appear as if COVID is going anywhere anytime soon. COVID will never go anywhere anytime soon. This is a virus that's established itself in the human population. There'll be COVID cases 50 years from now. I don't think that there's going to be a chance of lockdown in the United States because this isn't January of 2020. We've got so many more tools. We've got vaccines. We've got antivirals. We've got rapid diagnostic tests. We've got monoclonal antibodies. And we've got tons of knowledge about the transmission risks of COVID-19. What, risk, what activities are high risk? Which activities are low risk? So all of that tells us that we've got much sharper tools to deal with COVID-19 than we did in the past. And it's also true that if if you're fully vaccinated, even if you get a breakthrough infection, it's likely to be mild. It's not something that's going to cause you to call a doctor or need to be hospitalized unless you're in one of those high-risk groups. 
So that's actually a success. That means that we're getting closer to taming this virus, making it more like other viruses that we deal with year in and year out. It's just taking some time for people to get adjusted to that, and we still need to get many more people vaccinated. So would you also encourage people to continue to just like, you know, I feel like a lot of times, especially as I was going out, I saw barely anyone wearing masks (laughs) and that was really interesting to me because i think a lot we've gotten so lax of knowing yes we're protected with the vaccine and even the booster but should we start you know maybe doubling up on masks or take starting to take the mask seriously again even though we probably should have kept that seriousness attached to it i wouldn't double up on masks because i don't think there's any strong evidence of doubling up if you've got one effective mask is is going to give you any added benefit. For the unvaccinated, they certainly should be wearing masks in high-risk conditions. For the vaccinated, I think it really comes down to your risk tolerance because, yes, you might get a breakthrough infection and it likely it likely will be mild. And if you are trying to avoid those at all costs, then a mask might be something you can use in high-risk situations. And I think people will continue to wear masks on their own based on their own risk tolerance. But I think as we get vaccinated, we have to think about off-ramps for some of this because Like I said, there's going to be COVID cases from 50 years from now. We've got to teach people how to risk calculate. You've got to get more of the high-risk people vaccinated so that COVID becomes a tamer virus. Well, Dr. Amesh, thank you so much for catching us up on everything we need to know because it was a lot and we can always count on you. We hope to have you back soon. Thank you. All right. So now now that we've learned everything about the variant, how is this affecting international travelers after there were reports of them being stranded? We have everything you need to know coming up next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Okay, so international travelers have been stuck abroad scrambling in the wake of Omicron. Right? I got it right? I'm going to let you rock. You know, what in the Transformer is this name? I'm over it. Can we just be something simple? Just call it Delta. I mean, you know, COVID number three. Well, it's part of the Greek alphabet. Like we've had the Epsilon variant, the Delta variant. They they, they keep rolling out. I didn't go to military school or Greek school to find this stuff out. And you didn't pledge. I didn't pledge. (laughs) Exactly. Just please. You know, Omicron sounds like a Transformer, but we got to talk about international travelers because. Um, there's so much happening with him right now. By the way, reporter Natalie Compton is joining us to break everything down. Hi, Natalie. 
Hi, thank you for having me to talk about this crazy new issue. Now, wasn't it a wild time out of coming from, I mean, the holidays? Break to us everything kind of going on because this news dropped. What happened to travelers? So it's been a really fast moving Friday, Saturday, Sunday since all this started to come to light. So we were probably all recovering from Thanksgiving when people started to hear about this thing. We, we, we know is that it was discovered by scientists in South Africa, although that doesn't mean it was from there. That's just because they have such a great scientific community there that they were able to detect this. But you're right. A lot of people were stuck scrambling because a lot of countries were like, oh, no, what is this thing? Let's shut our borders to people who were from these regions of Africa. Um, However, that travel ban has not applied to American citizens or legal residents of the United States. It's really just for foreigners from those places who were traveling from uh, those parts of Africa going to places like the U.S. or the EU. Now, I'm un- from my understanding, the Omicron variant is not, you know, pigeonholed in Africa in specifically. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's kind of it's in Israel, for example. Why do you think it is that the president only put this travel restriction on like countries like Botswana and mm-hmm. Malawi and not Israel, for example? Right. I mean, now we know that they found it in Scotland and Portugal. And because we probably had it circulating days or even weeks before South Africa made this announcement, it could be in a lot more places, but they just have this advanced technology where they're able to see it show up and then tell the world. So a lot of African countries are feeling like this is an incredibly unfair reaction. They came forward. They said we had this thing and now they're being punished is the feeling there because you're right. It is other places. Um, What experts are saying is that these travel bans are kind of just letting countries and leaders bide time to see how should we actually react while they're figuring out how do our vaccines work against this? Mm. How severe is this variant going to be if it infects somebody? So hopefully they're not going to be something that stay in place for very long, because as we've seen with Delta, travel bans really don't work, stop spread uh, for long periods of time. Mm -hmm. So what was happening to those travelers who were in the airport and this news Mm -hmm. dropped? Were they sleeping in the airport? Did they like what what's kind of going on with them? Because if if there's a travel ban, clearly they're not coming Mm -hmm. back. Sure. There were people who uh, there were these people who were stuck in Amsterdam on the plane for hours and hours because the country just didn't know what to do with them. They were like all of this is just happening. You're coming from Africa. What should we do? How do we handle this? They're on board for hours. They couldn't even get water delivered onto the plane. Oh, no. Um, uh, additionally, they've on this same flight, they identified 61 people having cases of this new thing. So it what? was it was helpful for them to put a stop to that plane. But yeah. how many others were like them that came before? It wasn't really, you're not saving the day by stopping this one plane. Right. Um, this and sounds there like an all-around nightmare. Travel- Oh, totally. Especially if you were a foreign traveler going to a place from those destinations, Um, you might not have been able to cross into the border from the airport. You were stuck there until people were figuring things out. And then maybe you were being let out to either quarantine or you were just let go. So right now, if you are a U.S. traveler, you're in a better spot. If you're trying to come home to the U.S., you're not going to be stuck in that case. However, that being said, if you... Whenever anybody's coming into the United States right now, you need to take a coronavirus test to fly. And so if you happen to have gotten Omicron while you're gone, you wouldn't be able to come into the country because you would test positive and just not be able to come home. 
Wow. Oh, my gosh. Well, Natalie, mm-hmm. thank you so much for breaking everything down. I guess we'll continue to watch how this develops because the rules are going to constantly change, I would assume. They're going to totally change. The best thing for people to do is get vaccinated, keep wearing your mask while you're traveling, and get tested if you're feeling like you have any symptoms. Well, that was Natalie Compton, a, a, a by-the-way reporter from The Washington Post. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Bye. Oh, bye, girl. <laughs> now, we're going to switch out of the COVID news because um, the spicy Thanksgiving episode of The View that had the internet going wild after Joy basically told everyone to come out on this holiday. Some people were upset. We're playing the clip. We're going to chat about it coming up next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Now, if you don't know, me and Shar, we love us some of The View. And actually, Shar has the 25th I do. cup. When you know she went on her world tour of all the talk shows, I do, I do. The View had a very spicy Thanksgiving episode where Joy and, of course, the ladies were just talking about you know Thanksgiving dinners and being with families. And Joy said this: "You, everybody out there, come out to your family this Thanksgiving. Just come out. Yeah, see what happens. Yeah. I'm sorry. Be your authentic. I'm just curious. I'm just curious. Yeah." Come out the door. No, come out. Come, come out. What do you mean? Come out gay. If you're so gay, gay, come out. gay, I can't follow this yeah. conversation. <laughs> Meaning be, be, be your authentic self. Be yourself. Life is, you know. Be your authentic self. You know what? I'm, I'm old enough now. I know that life is short because yeah. it went by like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay? It's not. My favorite part of this was when she was like, See what happens, and then she gives like this weird, like this smirk, like a like. Let's see what just goes on. Joy likes to click her pen when she's feeling spicy. Well, the funny thing was, is like I can't tell if she's like encouraging people or threatening them. Like, see what happens. (laughs) I think she was encouraged. You know, Joy's been a long time ally, child. But here's the well, there's the thing about this, right? Uh, Online, it caused a little bit of a stir because some people were saying coming out is not just something that you can make a joke about and lightheartedly on like and doing that in a setting of someone coming out with their family around at a Thanksgiving table we shouldn't take that lightly mm-hmm. right that there's comes danger with that at yes. times displacement and all these things yes. and there was some conversation around that that I understood but also kind of want people to be able to um not personalized things. Yeah, I just so want much. people to be able to enjoy what that moment was, okay, and understand the context of like joy, like you said, is a is an ally, and also joy is a comedian. She's going to make a joke, and that was a funny joke. Being like, see what see happens. What happens. What Own I, yourself. What I also love about this segment is Sunny kind of cleaned it up for her. Right, yeah. you have to remember Joy Behar is an eighty year old woman. She sure and is. How how I interpreted that because Joy really kind of went on, as we heard in the clip, to say that like even at eighty, she can say life is like a flash in the pan. It goes by so quickly. And how I interpreted that is, personally, I'm going to make the rest of this life the best of this life. Exactly. Because you can't buy time back. So I see where I kind of see as Joy kind of elaborated in her comedic way where she was going and that you cannot buy time back. So it's best if you feel comfortable, come out, just be yourself. Because once these years are behind you, they're behind you. And I think for me, I'm particularly feeling that way, especially when my mom was in town and Thanksgiving felt like it was written. It was a a, a Z and sorry master of none episode <laughs> you know if you know if you know you know, you know. Daughter. <laughs> it felt it was that and i we had some very difficult conversations of just being like i just straight up asked my mom if i have a wedding yeah. are you going to be there and she danced around it kind of was like oh 
you know, well, I never really thought about it, but, you know, but it gave us the space to talk about it because life is too short. It is. I am no longer going to exist in spaces where I am not 100% yep. accepted. I'm not 100% just, you know, the person that I'm always going to be. Mm-hmm. And you have to love me for that. I need love unconditionally. I'm it no is, longer going to accept conditional love. Not to sound morbid, but we all have a clock uh, above our heads. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't know when it's going to run out if it'll be next week or 60 years from now. So I think that that is where overall word joy was coming yeah. from. And I also think that some of the backlash that I saw unfold on Twitter just seemed pointed and rooted in hating joy. It wasn't in her comment. It's just like, oh, I don't like this woman, so I'm going to take this and exacerbate it. Yeah, because I think if it was coming from anyone, I think if Whoopi would have said it, it wouldn't have been. I don't think it would have been this this big hullabaloo. No, I don't think so either. And I, my thing is, once again, I really do want people to take out of certain things. It's just like I understand we're all kind of like watching the the pendulum kind of swing back in the sense of a woke culture. Quote unquote, mm-hmm. right? And I, I think we are wanting to speak up for marginalized communities, speak up against things. We have the microphone, you know, this this cell phone of ours on social media is our own personal microphone. I, I would kind of look at it. Everyone can have a platform if yeah. they want it. And I think sometimes we overcorrect in the sense of we just don't kind of just take a moment and just read because like, everybody, this is just a joke. Most this of social fun. media is rooted in performance yes. and, and gotchaism. Yes. So I did see a funny comment. This, uh, this gay guy says, as a gay man, she was out of line and then the reply is from another gay man that says as a gay man she was not so it's, <laughs> it's like, like where is it gonna fall wherever, you, wherever going you fall to, you know it's it's just it's a personal thing but we got more show coming up of course and people i should mention people know their families yes. people are discerning yes don't so come out like, if you if your family is not giving if you, you know if it's if it's the set of empire yeah and lucia's lion <laughs> is your dad you know not to sit down and come out at the table <laughs> oh my gosh. Charge ourselves continue to join us while Shira is out. We got more show coming up and honey, we gotta talk about the news that just dropped about CNN host Chris Cuomo. Oh gosh. It is getting juicy. Stick around. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. We got more show in uh, Shira. Oh, my God. I almost got my S's mixed up with Shar and Shira. Wouldn't be the first time. Always happens. I know. Well, Shira's out. Um, She will be back soon. Shar Jassel, however, is here filling in, and I'm having a wonderful, wonderful time. Oh, yes. And, of course, uh, we have a lot more show coming up. And this hour, actually, I'm very excited about because we're going to get into some juicy things. You know, the most difficult conversations that we've had with ourselves, I think we're really probably going to bear all because... Because when me and Char get to talking, we end up telling every, all of our business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so get ready for that. And of course, so much more. But let's get into the headlines because we got a lot to talk about, including CNN host Chris Cuomo. So Chris Cuomo was actively in touch with a top aide to his brother, Andrew Cuomo, about incoming reports that detailed alleged sexual harassment by the then New York governor. So these are new reports coming out about this. So CNN said late Monday afternoon that it would review the documents. Chris Cuomo also lobbied to help the governor's office as it sought to weather the storm of accusations. And he dictated a statement for the then governor to use. Um, three days after the New York Times reported in March about how Andrew Cuomo attempted to kiss a woman, Anna uh, Ruch? I Ruch? think it's Roosh. Roosh at a wedding. 
Chris Cuomo actually texted someone saying, I have a lead on the wedding girl. Okay. So he was basically doing a lot more than just being a brother and, you know, and showing a support well, see, system. He was going a little bit above and beyond and trying to save and, and crossing a lot of lines. I mean, so that's the thing, right? So if this were one of my siblings, I feel like this is a natural thing to kind of jump in and try to protect of your course. sibling. However, Chris has to realize his positioning in all of this. He's do a you, journalist. Do you think CNN's going to get rid of him? I, if I'm being honest, you want to know my real answer? Yes. No. Yeah. I don't, I don't, because if this is, there was always some type of questioning in play of what was his role in either, you know, trying to slow down some of the news, not even yeah. reporting on it himself, all these things. They didn't get rid of him then. I don't know. You it don't has think. to be some damn thing. He is, be- that comes he is out. beloved and he's also a white man. Yeah. So that's going to be very, very difficult. But I, what I will say is I'm sick of seeing his name in my news cycle. I just saw a story this past weekend about him on his podcast railing against the woke qu- crowd in the name of Christmas. And I'm using woke crowd in air quotes, but he confuses me because he's typically left leaning yeah. on air. But then he was sounding like he was like, you know, on Fox Nation on his podcast. Yeah. And I just, I don't know what to do with Cuomo. You know, I would love to have a further discussion about the word woke and how I feel like it's being replaced by a word that is actually a racial slur. Well, it definitely is a slur today. Yeah, I think it's it's most definitely turning into some form of a slur yeah. that is being replaced by another slur that, you know. Because it should be off limit. Like, that was a specifically like a black yes. term. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yes. I'll leave it at that. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, of course, jury um, the jury selection started Monday in the trial of former Empire star Jesse Smollett, who was accused of making false reports to authorities that he was the victim of a racist and homophobic attack back in 2019. Uh, Jesse was indicted on six counts last year by Cook County, Illinois grand jury. Shout out. But the actor has insisted on his innocence, repeatedly denying he, he orchestrated the attack. His attorneys pled guilty, um, pleaded, uh, ple- pleaded not guilty on his behalf. The six-count indictment, the most recent twist in a case that gripped the nation from the start, came after 16 felony uh, disorderly conduct counts uh, Smollett was previously facing were unexpectedly dropped. So I guess this is happening. I mean, this trial feels like it was... What I will say this is... This feels like it was years ago. Why are we Shout out this? to Cook County, because that's where I'm from, born and raised. Shout out to it. Also, I just saw pictures like five minutes ago of Jesse headed into the courthouse. He had like seven of his family members with him. Wow. So we'll see. And you know he just put out something, yes, right? Yes, the B- uh, B-Boy Blues or something. Yeah. Like. It's, a, it's, a, it's a queer I know love Dustin story. Ross went to the premiere. Yes, Bevy, yes, yes. Bevy was Smith was there. Yeah. debut. It's happening. So we're going to be paying close attention to this trial as it develops. And of course, we have T-Report. Shara, what's going on in the entertainment world? Speaking of Cook County, my fellow Chicagoan, Kanye Omari West, or as he just changed his name to just Yay, is uh, attempting to win his family back, including his estranged wife, Kim Kardashian. Um, The rapper went on to do like this lengthy, I don't know if you saw this clip, Ryan, but he did a Thanksgiving prayer and it was all over the place. I did not see it because I avoid all things (laughs) Kanye West now. (laughs) And what I should mention is typically when people do Thanksgiving, Shira and I talked about this on the show Uh last week about blessing the food. You know how we say in our community. Yes, you pray. Yeah, you pray over blessing. When you you pray over food, you typically don't go into other prayers. (laughs) It's supposed to be on on the food, yes. okay? Yes, uh, yes. But he's, this is partial a partial quote from the prayer. He says, all I think about every day is how I get my family back together and how I heal the pain that I've caused. Uh, I take accountability for my actions. Now, I know a lot of people 
are tired of Kanye, myself included. I held an RIP party for him, even though he's still with us. But when he said slavery was a choice, that's when I threw in the towel and I have not been back to support or entertain any of his shenanigans. Kanye needs help. I know a lot of people, a lot of conversa- conversation has been bubbling up about why Britney was in the conservatorship and Kanye ain't yeah. and all different types of things. But he wants his family back. Ryan, I have to ask you, what do you think the likelihood of Kim reuniting with Kanye is? Because she seems content with Pete well, got and that's, to meet and that's Davidson. the thing. You always see um, your significant other or your partner pop back into your life once they find out that you're actually happy and you're moving on. Yeah. And I think that's what's telling because my thing is Kanye was able to have a whole, a whole relationship or date someone else right after. <laughs> that is true. Yes. That and is so, true. And, she, and Kim didn't say anything that we know of publicly. Yeah. And so it's like, well, how about you give her that same grace and space to figure out what she wants? And then maybe if she wants to circle the block, she can do that. But don't just like pressure her publicly to do all of these things and make her look like a bad guy for enjoying her life. I don't know. I don't like it. But that's your T-Report, right? And I have to tip my hat to Kim because I can only imagine. If, if we only know this through the media, you can only imagine what it was like with him, you know, during his whole presidential yeah, campaign yeah. and all these rants. So, yeah, I don't know what Kanye is going to do, but I'm sure he's already dating. Isn't he already dating someone new? Who knows? I don't know. But oh my gosh. We got more T-Report coming up on the hour next hour. Um, but right now, let's talk about the most difficult conversations that we've had with ourselves. Because a lot of times, we really kind of have to take that inventory in figuring out what it is about ourselves that causes others to react in a certain way. This conversation, I feel like it's going to be a lot. Please get the tissue, Vanessa. <laughs> After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medela. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice-cold reward. Medela, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. It's one thing falling in love with a house, and quite another navigating the world of negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. Guidance from an agent who's a Realtor can make all the difference, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Okay, so having difficult conversations... It's a very necessary part of just like, I mean, life, especially when it comes to working and business lives. And just especially when you're just trying to foster actual relationships, right, with mm-hmm. people. And I think with that, you have to kind of come to terms with questions and conversations that often can be very difficult if you're having it with yourself. Being mm-hmm. like, I gotta, I gotta kind of take some inventory of how I play a part in certain situations. Am I the, the common denominator in these situations that have repeated in Which my life? typically, yes. Right? <laughs> and I, I guess, let's, I want to start this conversation, Char. Well, what's been some of the difficult conversations that you've had to have with yourself? Well, I know... What I will start off by saying is that this 
conversation is one that you have to approach with humility. You can't have an honest conversation with yourself if you have ego in the way. And a That's, lot of people woo, have ego in the you way. You don't think that, Belle? <laughs> That's a it. lot of people have ego in the way. You got to be raw, real, and honest with yourself. And when I, uh, to answer your question, I think that what's kind of helped guide me in having conversations with myself is having conversations with others. Because in having conversations with others, typically the people who I trust can provide a sense of accountability yes. where I may not see something and they also provide additional perspective for me to then go home and, and simmer on or journal about everyone knows that I'm an avid journaler mm -hmm. and so that also adds perspective I do I think you're the reason why I bought a journal yeah I do frequently question myself and and that's not to say I'm not sure of myself but I'm always open to different perspectives what's a question uh, that's popped up for you though uh, um when I okay I, what I'll say is uh, I had to walk away. I had to sever a tie this year. That was very hard for me, yeah. but I knew that I had to. Yeah. And it's been very painful. Um, still grieving it, part right. of it. Yeah. You know, it's been very painful, but I knew that it was necessary. So I had to have a conversation at one point in time, got it. But my therapist actually prompted the question. <laughs> and then I just kind of just jumped off the deep end. Kind of like, you know how like how Pocahontas jumped off that waterfall in the yes. animated feature? Yes. That's what it felt like. In and real so, life, she would have died. And so I even though, think about that. Even though I was very sick, scared I was very terrified because I could not imagine my LA experience without this person right. I knew that it was time to let this go mm. and that was a very painful but a very honest conversation I had to have with myself yeah I think for me and a conversation that's popped up recently for me was it's always I guess it's always connected to your parents but it was something that my therapist said uh, and that I had to kind of really take in and the idea of like stop being a victim to the way that your parents kind of either have treated you or have, or have like, um, I feel like you are just a product of the environment that you grew up in, the ways that you believe, the things, your insecurities can be a product of that and all these different things. And I think you have to kind of, I had to own the fact that I was being a victim and kind of, I got so comfortable in the mindset of being like, I can complain about it constantly, mm -hmm. but am I actually doing anything to separate and create boundaries and separate myself from that? And what does that really look like? What do, does that look like? Honesty? Does that look like, you know, me just telling my mom everything or just me also being like, you know what? I have to do what's best for me. And a lot of the things that I've worked through and a lot of the reasons why I feel like I even sometimes react to just relationships, whether they be platonic or romantic relationships is because of a lot of the things that I went through with my mom. We all do. That's everyone, right? We all do. And I think what's really interesting is I've had to really come to terms with a lot of the, 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 the things that I learned from her that are toxic and how I see that they can impact people. Like my mouth, mm -hmm. right? Like I can... If I feel like I'm on the defense, I can really go there and, and, and kind of like spar with the next one, right? But I've had to realize that words mean things. They can be very mm -hmm. hurtful. They can be harmful to someone. Even if you're just like, you have a conscience five minutes later and being like, I really didn't mean it, but guess what? The words were said. The, the, the deed yeah, is the deed done. Yeah, the deed is done. And I think that the, that's important for you to acknowledge because in a parent-child relationship, yeah. those nas that nastiness can surface, but you ain't going nowhere because you're my it, child. Exactly. When you're dealing with other people... That could be the 
the it. That could be the yeah. it. People are walking yeah. away and say, oh, no, I'm not doing that with that person ever yeah. again. So, yeah, I think that it, it requires a certain level of introspection and a certain level of honesty where, like you mentioned, there comes a time where you just have to put everything on the table and you have to have a hard and conversation with yourself. Do, I mean, for me, I, you know, I think I'm a huge advocate. We're both a huge advocate of therapy. Yeah. Um, and but you got to do the work. And for me, that was, I had to have a difficult conversation with myself just to even look up to find a therapist because I think there's so much that are connected yeah. to the idea of like how I was, I grew up as a person of color and being a queer person of color, I was always thought that mental health wasn't a real thing. Therapy wasn't a real thing. And you just got to pray about it. Right. And I had to relearn so many things Mm -hmm. but I had to have that difficult conversation with myself to even take the first step and I think that's important and we should also mention that none of this is easy oh god are (laughs) you kidding me we're fitting it into a short timed segment but none of this is easy and the 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 realty is that no one knows what they're doing we're all figuring this out. Literally, no one knows what they're doing. We are all figuring this out, and we would all benefit from offering others and ourselves a little bit of grace. Well, I, can we? I guess I want to kind of talk about that a little bit more because I think, like you said, it's not easy. But even if you're giving yourself a little bit of grace, I think that's the hardest part. Like the idea for some of, of I some mean, people are very gracious to themselves. That's why they go around ruining everybody else's life. Well, for me, it's hard to give myself sometimes grace and space, even. In the moment of like, I'm being mean to myself or trying to figure it out. Let's talk a little bit more about that when we come up to have more of these, you know, conversations. All righty. Wow, we're getting deep here. (laughs) Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. Okay, so if you're just now joining us, one, Sharjah Sale is filling in for Shira Lazar. Oh, yes. Thank you so much for being here. And then two, we just... Once again, telling all our business to y'all, whoever will listen, because the mic is on. And we were talking about, you know, how we can have difficult conversations with ourselves. And I think it's always important when we after when we share, I, we wanted to connect it to like giving y'all some tips, leaving you with some tangible tea, right? Yeah. And I, what I will say is having a difficult conversation with yourself is an indicator on whether or not you're able to have difficult conversations with others. Now, Ooh. are you running away when presented with conflict? Well, all right. Or are you dealing with it head on? And I think that's the first thing that you have to ask yourself and on this list ask yourself difficult questions duh like but self-awareness but i was about to say you got to be careful (laughs) because listen i'm i'm what i call a rabbit holer okay because if i'm talking to myself my own bias is informing my answers and then i spiral out of control now that is actually really interesting some of the questions that they're they're saying that you can ask yourself is what could i've done differently or better Mm -hmm. how do i contribute to this not working Mm -hmm. what is it about me that causes people to react in the way they do Yes to all of those. Yeah, I've had to ask myself a, a few of those yes questions. Yes to all. And, and sometimes you may not like the answer, but again, I've humility. I've shard those questions about my- <laughs> But listen, it, again, it's with humility. It's true, because it's once true. you realize that we are all flawed yes. human beings just trying to make it work, yeah. you'll give yourself more grace. No one's perfect. No, and this is really interesting. You can take uh, the second tip is take a fly on the wall approach. It says there's this is a process where you reflect on something that has happened from a variety of perspectives to allow yourself to gain a better understanding. There are three parts. Mm-mm, mm-mm. First, look at what has happened from your perspective. <laughs> second, look at things from the perspective of the other person. Third, imagine you are a fly on the wall listening in. You know, I'm gonna have to say. God ain't done dealing with me yet, and I have. I'm not I, in the moment of uh, in in these moments where I'm upset, or we're having these moments where I gotta look inward. 
I'm not look, thinking of other people's perspective, right? I am. I'm not thinking of the fly. Like, I'm I, not thinking of the well, fly on the wall. I don't know wall. about fly on the wall, but I do. Uh, every, every time I have a disagreement with someone, I'll openly say, you know, Ryan and I had a little scuffle back in June. Not physical. It was verbal. Yeah. But I once I shifted perspective, once you presented your side. Yes. And I shifted perspective, it made sense to me. And as that my co- friend, I apologize to you because yeah. I, I saw my intention and how it didn't land. Yeah, yeah. And I think that for me comes... The I had to take a moment. Like sometimes I in what I've realized, especially, I have to always ask being like, instead of me saying, I'm gonna say something hurtful right now, I need to take a moment. I need to think about everything. I need to sit with everything and then we can come back and talk about this. And then during that time where I'm kind of like sitting with everything, then I'm thinking of all the different perspectives and hearing, okay, this is where they're but coming Ryan, from. Ho- now hold on. In the now, moment Ryan, I'm not I'd, doing that. I'd venture to say, why would you ever position yourself to say I'm gonna say something hurtful right now? Why is that a goal? It's not no, 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 it's not a goal. It's just, it's it's saying one of those things where I don't want to say something hurtful. Oh, That's okay. what I'm saying. I don't okay. want to say anything I was about to say, hurtful. are you intending on saying things hurtful in conflict? <laughs> no, now, not, wait in, a minute. not in conflict. But, you know, things can be said. When, yeah, the, when the things are heated, a lot of things are off the table and things are just saying you'll regret see, not the for things me. that you're saying. Not for me. I like, think that's how we approach things you know? differently. If I got into a disagreement with you right now, like something major, I don't think I'd... Well, I wouldn't... I don't I, think it would be a free-for-all for and me. And I think for me, I wouldn't do that either because... I think it also the context of the closeness of the person that I'm 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 getting I, I, I want to get which is why I'm saying well I don't I need to take a step back mm-hmm. and think about this from a different perspective and and look at it differently because I don't want anything to be said that's going to let because we're all being informed by our own biases exactly and, and the ways that we've right. handled conflicts before in the yeah. past or how we've been taught to handle yep. conflict yep, yep, yep. and then the third is of course be honest with yourself and then set time aside and this one says keep a record but um that's where journaling comes into play. <laughs> oh my gosh. So this is a great conversation. You We're will gonna... discover patterns if you journal. That's true. You will discover That's patterns. True. They will unfold in ways that you never thought that they are unfolding. Things that you don't even notice about yourself. You go back and reread some of those entries from 2017. Child. I realized I was doing some of the same stuff. Charge is saying that she has her memoir written and ready <laughs> to be published. Okay, so we got more show coming up with y'all. Of course, we're talking about, oh my God, this Christian couple. Lord. They put their business out on the internet and they have these rules about their marriage that is sparking backlash. Understandably so. Like, come on now. Okay, well, we're going to get into these rules because I I don't get it. We're going to see. That's coming up next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Okay. The Christians have gone wild. Um, And this Christian couple went viral on TikTok. This woman, she basically put out the... Her name, we should mention, her name is Bailey McPherson. You know, I guess context matters. (laughs) How, How much more evangelical can you get? My thing is, she put out these, you know, rules, these extreme rules that her and her husband go by as they have a Christian relationship. And, you know, well, I don't think there's anyone better equipped to tell us more about this story <laughs> than my good conservative sis, <laughs> Charge Hassel. So Ex- go ahead. Excuse me. I'm not Take the reins. I'm a traditionalist in certain regards. <laughs> However, Bailey McPherson posted a TikTok video that has amassed over 2 million views and it's titled, Rules My Husband and I Have for Our Marriage That Make People Angry. <laughs> now, Ryan, I'm going, to, I'm going to post these rules to you, but of course... Okay. We have to. We have to. Got to tweak it a little tweak bit because this ain't. Yeah, yeah, we want to. So here's here's some of the rules. So no friends with the opposite sex. 
Okay, so I would say no friends with the same sex. Right. No, that's not happening. And if, yeah, I wouldn't even do that if I was uh, the opposite sex. Very insecure. That's so crazy. What? what about no being alone with the opposite sex, which is really something you really can't gauge all the time? Yeah, that's true. That's true. And it really, you should be wondering if it's the same sex because, you know, if you if you know, if you've grown up in religious households, sometimes com- you no. just, you never know. You never know. Now, come you might on be now. worried about the wrong thing. Um, no texting the opposite sex without the other knowing. So would you feel comfortable with your spouse? This isn't a boyfriend. This right. is someone that you've married texting, yeah. I don't know, the oonts oonts without you knowing. Um. Well, depending on what they're talking about. And then also, are they setting up something for all three of us? And see, for me, it boils down. <laughs> You see, I had to skip over that, producer <laughs> Vanessa. You see how I just kept kept talking. <laughs> For me, it boils down to like, if I don't feel like I can trust you, we don't need to be doing this. That's now so that. I don't have is any, a ding ding ding. Yeah, and so it goes on to say no lusting after others, which basically includes no following scandalous pages, which is subjective. No booty which, models. Which also I wouldn't mind. But my thing is, queer culture is following men in jock straps. Yeah, I'm not gonna argue with that. <laughs> It literally is. But there are insecure. We can't paint this picture of like this queer kumbaya where everybody's getting along and and dipping and doing. There are insecure people. Well, you know, I've actually talked about because I feel like now I'm very like kind of like sexually open to experience things and kind of really owning that part of myself. And I think when I was in my first relationship, um, I was super insecure about my ex watching porn because the porn that he was watching was not reflective of Mm -hmm. anyone that looked like me. And so I kind of was internalizing that Mm -hmm. um, in an unhealthy way. And and often, even after like we would get down, you know, we would have the sex. Mm -hmm. It was kind of like he had like a thing where he would go watch porn separately and like do. Oh, no, no. It was. Yeah, it was not a very insecure. Right. For me. Yeah. Triggered some things. Um, But now I kind of don't care. There's also no porn. That now that can't watch porn is rude. And always put each other first, even above your parents. What uh, what's her name? Bailey. Bailey McPherson. Bailey need to check her bank statements because your husband probably got a savings account full of all his transactions of his OnlyFans accounts that he is like subscribed yeah, to. Or he might he have a, secret money. He might have an angel evangelista in an apartment somewhere. <laughs> yeah. You know, oh my God, very season pose. one of Pose. You very just never pose. know. Oh my so gosh. one one commenter says, "Tell me you don't trust your partner without telling me you don't." trust trust your partner. <laughs> um, people have called them insecure and insane, but yeah. uh, there's also been people that are celebrating this. You know, there uh, it just is what it is, I guess. I and know. this is what works for their marriage. I don't personally through studying, I'm no psychologist, but through studying, you know, I'm kind of a novice. Yeah, I don't yeah. I don't proclaim to have any additional letters after my name. This ain't going to work out. You know, it, it shouldn't work out, but uh, you know, let us know online at LGT Show what you think. Do you have strict rules like this for your partner? Or I hope not. I really hope. And that what's you're crazy? Past what, that. What's crazy about it is you have to fundamentally realize that you cannot control other people. That rules part. are not. You can. You only responsible and can control yourself. You yep. can't control nobody else but yourself. That part. All right, we got more show coming up, though, because we got to talk about, of course, the Twitter CEO. He is stepping down. If you didn't know, now you do. We have more details coming up next and What's Trending this hour. 
Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Oh, we're back. Uh-oh. More beautiful show. I'm having such a great time with you, Shar. I mean, listen, the show has flown by and I always have a great time with you. I always like yeah. being down to the Channel Q. I know, but I do miss Shira Lazar <laughs> who is out. You know, she, I can't wait to hear about all her Montreal adventures. She spent mm. time with her family after, what, I think it was like two years because of everything that's been going on. With her dad especially. She yeah. hasn't seen him. That's what she was telling us on air last week. Yeah, and so I'm very excited to hear all about that, but I'm enjoying you being here. And of course, we have more show coming up, of course. And um, this is really interesting. We're going to be diving in later this hour about, you know, you know the saying or the compliment that's supposed to be a compliment. You're so mature for your age. Well... That's not a compliment, and it's sometimes actually rooted in trauma. Actually, I can relate. Same. <laughs> so we're going to be diving in on that. I'm very excited about that. But first, let's get into what's trending this hour. You ready? Yep. Cool. So, Glenn Maxwell, you know, uh, uh, her sex trafficking trial began in New York. She faces up to 80 years in prison and found guilty. The jury range in age from 28 to 70 and were sworn in just before lunchtime after a three-hour delay. Maxwell, if you do not know, is charged with uh, with recruiting and grooming four underage girls for Jeffrey Epstein to abuse from 1994 to 2004. Maxwell has pleaded not guilty to sex trafficking and other charges and has been awaiting trial for over a year in, quote, hellhole Brooklyn prison. In a hellhole Brooklyn prison. Mm. Yeah. Hearing Hellhole, this is so off topic, but I watched the uh, Insurrection documentary on HBO Max. Oh, you did? Did, did you watch it? No, I, that's one my we're watch gonna, We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk okay, about I it. I can't wait However, to watch it. However, I can't wait to see how this unfolds because mm, I yeah. fully believe that Ghislaine was a willing participant and a recruiter. You know, there yeah. was a good Law & Order SVU episode based on this. Oh, really? I yeah. didn't know that. Oh, I haven't yes. watched Law & Order in forever. It's still part of my routine. For, for whatever reason, <laughs> SVU is comfort TV. <laughs> I just the, love the Cap- person who's afraid of the killer. I just love Captain Benson. Wow. Running around there. Well, this high-profile trial is expected to run to <laughs> mid-January with opening statements beginning on Monday. Ooh. Let's move on because Fauci is hitting back at critics like, you know, Ted Cruz. Because he is, of course, having a lot to say. And here's what um, my fave Fauci had to say. You know, Fauci be getting them together low-key. Senator Cruz told the Attorney General you should be prosecuted. Yeah. <laughs> I have to laugh at that. <laughs> I should be prosecuted. What happened on January 6th, Senator? <laughs> Do you think that this is about making you a scapegoat to deflect of course. from President Trump? Of course. You have to be asleep not to figure that one out. Well, there are a lot of Republican senators uh, taking aim at this. I mean, That's okay. I'm just going to do my job. And I'm going to be saving lives and they're going to be lying. Ooh. <laughs> what I love about this, what I love most about this is Fauci gave us, like, that laugh was sincere. Yeah. That wasn't a passive laugh. Like, that was a deep in your belly, like, yeah. it caught him off guard. Like, you could tell he fell out. Yeah, he's when, not At the suggestion anyway. of Cruz say, and it's like, come on, Ted Cruz, you got some nerve. And it's ironic that the question was, what happened on January 6th, Senator? And I just mm-hmm. talked to you about that documentary. Well, here's the thing, uh, real quick, as because I want to throw it to the T-Report, of course. Uh, Twitter uh, CEO Jack Dorsey is stepping down from his role 
Poland, um, Chief Technology Officer Parag Agrawal will now lead the company, um, which is really interesting. It feels like that came out of nowhere, uh, even do though we know a, if this, a lot of people are shocked about it. Do we know if this person taking over is a decent person? Like, is he going to press the button and reinstate Trump's account? We won't know, but he is a 10-year veteran of Twitter, so he's been oh, there okay. for a very long time. So I'm hopefully he's, you know, some of the Jack Dorsey-isms has rubbed off on him. Seems and, like a lot of pressure. The seat. Could you imagine being crowned I the know, CEO of Twitter? What, in the secession episode? All right, that <laughs> is your uh, What's Trending Headlines. What's happening in the T-Report? Well, Tiffany Haddish and Common have gone their separate ways. Well, this one kind of makes me a little sad because I like them. At first, I was like, ooh, it was kind of like my reaction to Kim and Pete. Like, yeah. ooh, well, how does this couple make sense? Yeah. But then I grew to love them, all their quarantine videos and stuff, and I really thought that Common was going to settle down. You know, Common has an impressive, much like Pete He's Davidson. He has an impressive <laughs> dating history, though. <laughs> Serena I, and... I just don't think relationships are common for common. But um, <laughs> either way, a source says, quote, they are never in the same city together and both of them are just too busy for a serious relationship. Now, I think, of course, there's more behind this because oh, they were just shacking up in the quarantine together. Yeah, and I thought... And, and if that... you want to see someone, you're going to make an effort, not to say, yeah. I mean, with respect to their schedules, but in fairness, we're both part of the pop culture conversation yeah. inside, guys. Common ain't everywhere all over my TV or my radio, and neither is Tiffany Harris. Well, he is doing a lot of performances. I actually have a friend who um, who he's kind of taken on as a, um, a mentee, and, and she's oh, a nice. singer, songwriter. And she, um, I went to college with her, and they're actually doing a lot of performing and, and recording and doing a whole bunch together. So I don't know. There's, there's a lot there, but that is your T-Report. We got more coming up next mm-hmm. hour, of course. But let's talk about that compliment, what, what people think is a compliment. You're so mature for your age. Have you heard it? Well, it might not be that. It's kind of in trauma. We're going to talk about that and unpack why it's trauma-based. We'll see. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. Okay, so one thing that's really interesting about how I grew up was... Everyone would tell me that I was kind of like an older spirit. Everyone would say, oh, wow, you're just so, like, mature for your age. And I actually used to take that as a compliment. I would be like, wow, I'm around people who are my peers who are a little bit older than me, and I can hang with that, right? It wasn't until therapy that I realized that actually isn't a compliment. And I had to kind of trace that back to some things and why I grew up so quickly and and why... Do pe- why does that come off to people? And I think we should really talk about that. We actually have an amazing licensed professional and owner, owner and founder of Falls Church Wellness Center. It's the largest, most comprehensive wellness center in the D.C. metro area, serving a high volume of LGBTQ plus people. Jessica McNair, thank you so much for joining us. Sure. Thanks for having me. Okay. So, yeah. Why should we not take that as a compliment? What is what is your thought process behind that? Because if you're hearing that, you're so mature for your age, especially if you're kind of like growing up, you're still young, and someone says that to you, you're like, wow, that thank you. That's actually a great thing to say. <laughs> Absolutely. It, it sounds great. It sounds, like you said, it sounds like a compliment, but it really means that the person is dealing with a high level of trauma, and they don't actually have a choice. In, in that level of maturity. It's, it's basically the person is forced to grow up too quickly when they have that level of trauma. They don't, you know, have their childhood. They are, they are traumatized. They're dealing with a high level of trauma. It's not a compliment. And it can be misperceived. And a lot of children grow up to think that this is, you know, something that is helpful to them. And in reality, they're dealing with a high level of trauma by the time they reach adulthood. 
Now I must ask you because I know that that this is this is rooted back in trauma. But I think about myself, for example, I was a latchkey kid. I'm the oldest of three, and so I mean I could just leave it at that. Uh, and some of the things I had to do, my sister's hair and make meals and things when my parents were out working. But isn't this isn't calling a child mature? Can't that be viewed as nuance? Like, what if a child is just very introspective? Absolutely. I mean, there there are some kids who are mature, and I and I I believe that kids who have a higher level of maturity, not due to trauma, can do really really well. And these are kids who have parents who are supportive. They have healthy environments. They have boundaries. They have all kinds of great things. This is true maturity. This is actually what we want. This is what we want kids to grow up with, not forced maturity due to trauma and neglect. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's interesting. I, I guess I'm, I'm connecting the dots and saying that, of course, this is rooted in when the child in sort of becomes the parent in that way, right? Right, and, right. And so when do you kind of realize that? Because I think for me, I didn't really realize that until, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm still young, but I... I I, it was therapy that kind of introduced me into that idea, and I, I had to rethink some things. But I guess what happens when you're you're the kid and you kind of become your parents' parent? You become your parents' parent. <laughs> you, you do, and actually, it can be really exciting for a while, you know, because you're you're given these adult responsibilities. You're you're paying bills. You're making appointments. You're doing all kinds of things that adults do. So you actually think that you're an adult. You know, you can be a 12, 13, 14, 16-year-old kid and you think you're an adult and it can be fun and exciting and exhilarating, but you actually don't have the skill set to actually be an adult. So by the time you do reach adulthood, you then come to realize perhaps like you have that you missed out on actually being a mm-hmm. kid. So that's when that grief work can start to to happen, like, you know, mid-20s, late 20s, sometimes around that time frame. When, I see that a lot in my practice. When your brain of, is of pe- developing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Like, exactly what you just said. Your brain is not fully formed when you're an adolescent or a teenager. And by the time you get to adulthood, you've missed out on those opportunities for growth because you're you're functioning at such a high level, which is completely inappropriate when you are developing. Okay. So when, in what ways do you have any helpful tips or coping mechanisms people can can maybe take with them to kind of deal with this? Because I know we probably have some listeners that are just coming to some really harsh realizations listening to this conversation mm-hmm. right now about oh their God, own me. lives. Oh, Ryan, Absolutely. please, you already knew. I, I've been there myself. You know, even, at, even as a therapist, even as a clinician, I had to face that hard reality, you know, mid to late 20s, too. And it's really important to seek out a trauma-informed therapist, a therapist who has that level of clinical experience that can work alongside your process of accepting, of coming to terms with, you know, what we're talking about, realizing that you missed out on childhood, realizing that you were neglected by your parent or caregiver, the person who was supposed to be your parent, and you may have ended up parenting them. And, you know, there's a lot of... There's a lot of grief work involved in that and seeking mm-hmm. somebody out, a clinician who has the experience to, to work with you on that will change your life. 
Wow. Je- Jessica McNair, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Thank oh, you. Oh, my God. What a great segment. All right. So coming up more, this is really interesting. So have you ever had, you know, that person that you're just like, oh, I just don't really like them, but I want to try to like them. Can you manufacture that sexual chemistry? Well, we're going to tell you. Coming up next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Now, let me turn on my song, Promiscuous Girl, because we need it for this conversation. Now, here's the thing. (laughs) Can you manufacture a sexual spark? Right. Can you turn like a a match that uh, you're just not really that into, into a lover? Is that a possibility? For me, I don't think it is because sexual attraction for me really does play a huge part in, in just like, I don't know, the attraction that I have for someone. Like most people. Right. However. But I, I do know some people that that doesn't really matter for them as well. Like, that's why. So I don't want to generalize. Yeah. Generalize I mean, well, I think it matters to everyone, if I'm being honest. It's just at varying levels. Mm, right. Some people, that's their leading charge. Other people is maybe number four of, of six requirements. Um, when I read this, I thought about, you know, I, I call I used to call myself the queen of unrequited love because I've had. <laughs> Two instances in my life that have rocked me. Well, you know mm-hmm. what? I'm not going to even say that. I've had one, and that was when I was 30. Right. All right. others, it was not unrequited. However, I think that this is a slippery slope trying to manufacture a sexual attraction because I think it can lead to exploitation and manipulation. Okay, so wait. Pause. Because what if you're like, and I think this this article in Daily Mail actually says this, sometimes a great friend would make the ideal partner. If yes. only you fancied them. And I think that's really interesting in the sense of like, I think there's a lot of friendships that I, I, I have that would be like, oh, yeah, we're like actually really connected and perfect. And I'd like to talk to you in this person. And like, mm-hmm. you know, would I have sex with this person? No, because you're a friend. And once you're a friend, I don't see it that way. But And it jeopardizes the friendship. They're saying we should possibly think differently about this because maybe you can create kind of a sexual spark. If you're willing to open up the space for it, which is interesting because I remember we did a story, I think back in July, about how like 80 percent of like LGBT couples are is not met on like a dating app. It's within friend groups. So, um, yeah, I don't I don't I don't know how I feel about this because I don't know if a, a sexual spark for me and someone can be manufactured. What do you think they mean by manufactured in this in this moment? I mean, well, in this, I'm looking at some we- of the, the the bullet points in this article, and they're like, they're like, look for connection points, do something thrilling together, get at least three dates in, and I mean, it it's a list of things, but even still, I just feel like if it's but I not- meant for you personally, like okay. what, like you when you think about the word manufacture in this kind of context, what what does that bring up for you? I like would, forced? Well, no, not really. I think it would mean for me as just like trying to not erase or ignore, but trying to just reconfigure, I guess, some memories or some associations I have attached to this person that makes me not attracted to them. Like maybe a story they might have told me or maybe I see. Yeah. As a matter of fact, if I'm being honest, there was this one guy who, and this is going to sound so fickle and shallow, but here on Channel Q, I guess I tell my business. Let's do it. He... Like he, I found him liking like too many of the same. <laughs> Let me zoom in real quick. Y'all, Ryan is in my face right now. 
Like it's one liking of those things. What? It's one of those things where he was liking photos on Instagram. Of who? Uh, that does not matter. But he was liking photos on Instagram uh-huh. that I just did not like. It would be like, damn, like I just they, they just is posted. This the, 30 is this the same thing where you're like, you don't want your man twerking in the club? It does go along with that. I know it's going to upset some <laughs> listeners, but I, if I go to Trunks in West Hollywood, I don't want to see my man in there with his group of friends <laughs> dipping it down to Megan the Stallion. And that's something that I've always said. <laughs> Listen, We're working on it. We're working on it. Everybody's different. And that's just where I am with it. However, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't know what that looks like because I'm like, I don't know. I'm someone who's always operated, you know, naturally off of yeah. sexual attraction. But you never know. Sometimes you have to step back and see the beauty in people. Well, and see, that's my thing where I'm coming from. I think it's possible because I think it only takes one moment for you to see that friend in a different light. Mm-hmm. And you can, you can, you can, oh, they yes. can smile at you differently. You can be at a. <laughs> no, I'm a living testament to that. Now you're triggering you're like, me. You, I'm sorry, but I'm now just, you're triggering you know, me. I, I'm just like, there's a possibility there where you can literally just be in a moment with them of vulnerability or transparency. And you'll yep. be like, I think I have feelings for this person. And then that creates, that attraction creates even a sexual attraction. Because then you start wondering, oh, well, what's yes. underneath that t-shirt? What's underneath them boxer briefs? Literally, Ryan, I, I'm recovering you know? from something similar to this because I'm someone who's been always a bit rigid and been able to compartmentalize my friendships and my romantic conquests. And then something happened one day where I looked up and my friend looked a little bit different to me. <laughs> And I said, wait a, wait a damn minute I now, Charlotte. You. It happens, and it'll happen when you least expect it, and then you're left to cope with it. Hopefully you won't go down the painful road that I went down with beating myself up. Instead of just giving myself the grace of, Char, you're a human, attraction is natural, and things happen. But I was upset because we don't do this. We don't, we, we're not attracted to our friends, well, okay, Char. What's quick. going on? Are you a believer that your soulmate could actually be your friend? Yeah. What? Okay. Because you, you never know. You never know. Who are we to say what our soulmates and who our soulmates are going to be? You never know. That's why you got to be open. All right. All right. All right. All right. Well, we're going to keep this party going. I, I don't know if we'll continue to talk about this. Maybe. Yeah, because you you trying it today. Who picked these topics? Was this producer <laughs> Vanessa? Okay. We, Y'all we, we trying me today. To say. On a we're... Monday. <laughs> Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. We got a lot to talk about because we're already talking about if you can... You know, I guess manufacture manufacture of a, a, a sexual spark with a friend or someone that you didn't really fancy before, but now you're you kind of want to. And I think that it's a possibility. But one thing that I was thinking about in the break that we didn't really touch on. Ooh, oh, hello. Um, that we didn't really touch on. Uh huh. Is what happens if the spark does happen with this friend? Uh huh. That person is no longer, can, you can no longer be friends with that person if things don't go right. But that's the beauty in it, because if a friendship foundation is already laid, it can go on to be beautiful things. And the more I think about but this. But you don't think about that in the sense of like, the, I think the reason you're why. You're losing a friend. You're, yeah, you are losing a friend. The reason why I always say, I, I, I kind of categorize friendships and, and people who I'm romantically attracted to or even sexually attracted to, because those are two different things. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's one of those things where. I don't want to lose the friendship that I have. But that you also don't want to block a blessing. Why are you approaching it with the with the already premeditated thought that it might yeah. go down in flames instead of blossom into something beautiful? Well, but that's not necessarily... Yeah, that can happen. Yes, I'm not going to take that off the table. But you have to think about the worst case scenario. You do, But you can also think about the best case scenario. 
coming for someone who who's a very honestly so optimistic all of a sudden. There's a time change. I mean, a tone change here. I'm just because saying you I'm, were the person who was not into this. I'm just saying. I also think that this is something that affects people more so later in life. Yeah. Uh-huh. I also want to know, like, if it's like, like what do you mean later in life? Like when you're old? Not old, but I'm saying like as you approach middle age, I feel like people are going to start looking to their left and their right more often mm. when they're like 45 versus 35. Now, see, that's different. I think now that is different because that when you get to a certain age, you kind of like, I don't have time to play these games anymore. If, there, if, if you I know have your friend isn't a game player and yeah. we got the connection, but let me ask you this. Okay. Because we both have experienced this. Oh, what God. if... <laughs> yeah, I'm putting, <laughs> I'm putting it out. It's a Monday. We're going to shake it up. What if you are interested in someone uh-huh. and they reject you? Not in a mean way, but reject you. <laughs> and then years down the line... When you're in a different place, you're in a totally different place, you've trained yourself to not okay. really be attracted okay. to this person, it's okay. whatever, they decide they want to circle the block. Can you can you gauge whether or not they decide that you're that friend that they looked up to years later now and it's like, oh, there's a twinkle in Ryan's eye. How do you begin to unpack? Oh, How do wow. you think you'd begin to unpack something like that? I guess that? I never thought about this and the idea of like... Oh, it happens. And for me... It depends on where I was at in that space, right? If if I was a completely different person from that moment where I, when I did like them, like that years ago when I did kind of have that spark and tried to put it out there and, and end up being rejected, mm-hmm. if I've kind of evolved and either I'm not that really that person anymore, and maybe that's kind of like you, you, you start to become attracted to people when they start to get their crap together. Yeah, but I feel like I got my crap together. Do you? I do for the most part. Well, I think you do. I think you do. For the most part, I do. But I think you you can be stubborn. I mean, I, I understand <laughs> that. I'm thinking about this in a rom-com sense, right? In that, like, uh, you know, like, oh, this person rejected me, and now we're just friends, and now I get proposed well, to, and now you're interrupting my wedding as oh. I'm making my way down the aisle. You bust open the church or what have you, or the courthouse oh, saying, well, so sure, I love you. Like that. Because I'm thinking well, about... No, that's dramatic, you have to, but... Yeah, well, you have to think about, like, if you have evolved into a, a, per, a different person as you grow, then that's what they're probably all of a sudden attracted to all of a sudden. They're like, oh, wow, the blinders are off for me. I've been through a whole bunch of experiences of things that but I thought might... I wanted, and it's not I what I wanted. Say, I... You're what I want. But I feel, I feel like that that's more reflection on them than you. That's why I said I don't think it's focused mm. solely on your growth. Yeah. It has to do with them Their shedding growth. some things and some, some preconceived notions and that's some misconceptions. Of you. Yeah, that's actually really interesting. Okay, so I, if they were to interrupt my wedding, rude. That's the most dramatic Absolutely case rude. scenario. Absolutely rude. <laughs> because not the time or place. Maybe we can have a conversation before the wedding, but not during the wedding. As Wendy Williams told my friend Kendall Wright in New York when he tapped on her shoulder, <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> It depends on what the connection is with the friend, right? If you feel like that friend is your person and your soulmate and, yeah. and you've always kind of had that little, even if y'all, you you don't really like them romantically anymore, but you always have that soft spot for them because you can have a soft spot for someone. Always. I call it an Achilles heel. Oh, why you frame it like that? <laughs> because, why <are> you <laughs> because when I think soft spot, I oh, think God. of a positive connotation. Oh, there are God. There are certain people and connections that are not good for me okay. that are toxic. Yeah. But if they need me, oh, you I'm, I am. And you that's jumping. an Achilles heel. That's not a soft spot. That's an Achilles heel. <laughs> 
Well, you're thinking of the romance. You say the rom com and all that. All it would I'm be a soft the place. spot. <laughs> okay, we got more show coming up. Let us know what your thoughts are at LGT Show. Of course, please get me away from Shara immediately. We got more show coming up. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. It's time for my favorite part of the show. The yeah. Yes, queen. Yes, queen. Okay, thank you. Uh, now, um, this one goes out to Olympian diver Tom Daly. You know, the one that got super famous for just knitting. Well, he has a new business venture after basically enthralling the world with his hobby of knitting during the 2020 Olympics. Gold medal winner Tom Daly is taking things to the next level. Over the holiday weekend, Tom announced the launch of Made with Love by Tom Daly. The launch comes less than a year after first picking up a pair of knitting needles. So this whole thing, it looks like it's a little fashion line. He basically said, I designed these knits, these knit kits to encourage you to pick up those needles, learn the basics, and fall in love with knitting at the same time. Oh, so time. it's a kit. Oh, yeah, so it's a kit. He wants people to kind of... You know, enjoy the love of knitting like he does. He says, it's been a journey for me that started when I first picked up knitting needles in March 2020. Fast forward 18 months later, and I'm so proud to introduce these kits to you, all so that you can experience the joy I found learning to knit. The company sells knit kits for those knitting and crocheting at all levels, divided simply into beginner, easy, intermediate, um, intermediate, that's it, right? Yeah, mm-hmm, I'm saying that mm-hmm. right. And advanced. The first collection includes a vest, scarves, cardigans, jumpers, stockings, and a blanket. The winter warmer ha- hat has already sold out. So, okay, it's knit kits and it's a fashion line. I love that. I'm someone who's always kind of wanted to knit. I feel really? like that. Yeah, I just feel like that's a skill that. If you found out that Shar knew how to knit, everybody would be like, well, duh. Well, yeah. Because I can see you knitting while watching The View. Oh, please. Do not paint me as the old lady who lives in the shoe, okay? That's something oh. for later in life. And then here, also an honorable mention has to go to um, when I, I was like, yes, was to Elliot Page over the holiday weekend. They posted like this thirst trap of them shirtless, I, and they actually looked really good. I literally love Elliot Page. I was I, like, I, I feel gonna... such a connection to him because I had to report on him so heavily oh, when yeah. he uh, came out as Elliot yeah. and sat down with Oprah on yeah. Apple TV. Like that interview, if you all have not watched that interview with Elliot Page with to. Oprah, it's good. It is so moving. Yeah. And y'all know how I am. And he's just happy it's and so sexy. Moving. I mean, Elliot Page, you get a yes, King. Now, coming up on tomorrow's show, we're talking all things Giving Tuesday. You know, we're highlighting an LGBTQ plus organization that you need to know about. Plus, we're talking about what does taking up space actually look like for marginalized people? So much good stuff. Sharjah said we'll be back. I will be out, but she will be hanging around with Sheer Lazar. And of course, Loveline is right after this and dr chris is talking about getting back into dating that and more coming up and of course i gotta go remember to slay love y'all bye this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? Nerd Wallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you.